You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells for our Forces of Destiny recap podcast. I'm your host, Cassie Scutch, and today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 9 of Forces of Destiny, entitled Newest Recruit. Uh, It's the episode that we have Sabine, Ketsu, and a little bit of Hera in there uh, back on Garel. And as you all know, we had our first episode Uh, last week for the resistance recap with Matt and Mike you're regularly scheduled so they did news they got to news so I'm not going to focus a whole ton on news because I think they do it a little bit better than I do Um, and that's who you guys are are really here to listen to so I don't want to take up too much time with news but there are a couple things that would be nice to get into um and some things that I should talk about but I don't really want to talk about but I think things that need to be addressed a little bit in here we'll start out with the easier things to talk about a little bit um we had an interview with Oscar Isaac uh where he kind of described the feeling uh, of filming for episode 9 is a little bit more improvisational uh, than the previous Star Wars films he's done, which upon hearing, I immediately kind of got a little worried because I think all of us know that that's what happened with Solo and that's why there was some undesirable things going on with Solo and why we had the whole Lord and Miller debacle. Uh, It was just a mess. We all know that. Um, obviously, I don't think the same thing is going to happen here with JJ. I think he knows what he's doing. And that's why them saying, you know, it's a little bit more improvisational um, sparked up a few red flags. But then upon thinking about it a little bit more, um, I'm bringing, bringing in a little bit more of um, a mindset of, well, the people who are playing these characters have been with these characters for a long time and they know a little bit more about the characters and I think that that's them being able to put 
what they think and how they feel uh, a situation would progress naturally uh, from the perspective of their own character uh, could like actually really help um, where we're going with this. And um, so that's, I, no real opinion on that. I just thought it was interesting um, that they're doing this one a little bit more differently. It's still a ways away to kind of learn a little bit more about what that uh, kind of, how that improvisational style is going to change the movie a bit. And um, who really knows? <laughs> anyway, we also had a picture from The Mandalorian, um, yet another picture um, that was released of um, the blaster that our main dude had slung over his shoulder. I don't want to call him a hero because we don't know whether or not he's going to be a hero or 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 not. Oh. <laughs> um but uh the blaster he had slung over his back in the original in the picture of him that was released. Um we had um a picture of that uh blaster in its in its full glory and it is not just reminiscent it is pretty much exactly the same as Boba Fett's blaster in the Star Wars Christmas special um which is interesting uh I think everybody and the first thing anytime anything happens I'm sitting here thinking okay I know what I think, but I know what everybody else is going to sit there and speculate about for a million years because I promise you that there's going to be so there probably already are so many people now saying, well, he has to be Boba Fett because he has Boba Fett's cow prod looking gun thing. And that's not the case. It's just a great nod to kind of what Star Wars past has been and where uh, certain things have evolved from, um, especially, you know, Mandalorians uh, have evolved directly from, you know, Boba Fett and that Christmas special. Uh, so I think that's, I'm, it's more of just like an Easter egg than anything. Um, I don't think we need to assign any kind of, uh, any kind of meaning to it. But um, it is really interesting that they went ahead and posted that now. Um, I think that's them kind of trying to build up a little bit more hype. Even though it's very premature, it's very early for them to be building up this hype. Especially because, you know, filming did recently just start. Um, but I think that that's something they're doing purposefully. And I'm all for it. The more speculating we can do, the better. That's like half of the fun of this uh, this community is just talking and speculating and being excited. Um, so that's always fun. And I think it's cool that they posted this and or released it or whatever you're supposed to say. But I'm a millennial, uh, so I'm going to say posted because that's whatever. Um if you can't tell, well, you probably can't tell. You can probably just tell that I'm talking weirdly. It is currently 1.30 in the morning, and I'm trying not to wake up my family, but I'm talking a little weird. That's why. Um, okay, 
last story we have to get to, unfortunately, the Chuck Wendig story. And if you don't know what happened there, um, essentially, um, Chuck Wendig is a author who uh, writes for Star Wars. Um, he did the Aftermath uh, book. Did he do the whole series or just the book? I don't know. Um, I, I don't think I read it. Um, I feel like a terrible fan for having to admit that. I read... Did I read the first one? I don't remember. Anyway, it's a long time ago. Um, but he was fired by Marvel Comics uh, earlier this week for some vulgar and political tweets that he had posted on his personal Twitter. And um, I think I had it's mixed feelings about this. And I, I'm, I'm one of those people that's going to come from uh, things like this from both directions. Because on one hand, I can totally see why he's outraged um, and why, why people would be mad that he was fired for voicing you know, his opinion about things. It's, it's, in, a, it's in a way, it's censorship. But, and it, it does, you know, set a precedent for all the creators that are employed by Marvel Comics and, and by any sort of media like that. It kind of uh, gives the companies, you know, a, it gives them that precedent for being able to uh, fire somebody for something like this. And so that's, that's harmful. That's not good to be fired for voicing your opinions. However, some of the things that he did say uh, could have been very harmful. I don't really want to get into exactly what he said, like the whole politics of it. That's doesn't really belong here. Um, I don't even really know if this story belongs here. Um, but I can also see why Marvel felt the need to fire him. Because if he's making these comments, he's a representative of the company. And that's different. You can't go onto like a company Twitter account and post about how much you don't like Trump. Um, and since his name is attached to the company, it's kind of this whole, um, it's just a weird situation and it's something that, uh, is changing kind of with society as, uh, social media has been integrated into our everyday lives. Um, and I like don't have to explain any of this to anybody, but it's just, it's confusing and, and I'm unsettled by it. Um, but I also know that, like, if I was Marvel, I, I would have done the exact same thing. Just from a business standpoint, uh, you can't have uh, somebody who makes content for you and, and represents you uh, doing something that, that could intentionally attack one of your uh, viewers or people who pay for what you sell. Um, so it's just, it's, it's complicated. Um, I, I, I didn't want to get too much into it and I won't. We're done with it. Uh, I think now we're just going to get on with the episode. Calculate the jump, Chop. How is my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! 
So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. In Garel City, Sabine Wren and Ketsu Onyo infiltrate an Imperial warehouse. Ketsu has already left the Black Sun Crime Syndicate. When Sabine asks her when she ha wants to have her armor repainted, Ketsu replies that she's still not sure about joining the rebellion. Sabine and Ketsu are on a mission to steal containers carrying food supplies for the rebellion. Sabine explains that their actions don't always involve excitement, but that it sometimes involves helping people in need. Ketsu tells Sabine to pick a more exciting mission next time. Sabine opens a blast door only to discover two stormtrooper sentries standing guard outside. Sabine and Ketsu knock out the stormtroopers with their Mandalorian helmets. Ketsu says that she spoke too soon, while Sabine replies that at least there were only two of them. However, another blast door opens and the two friends are attacked by three blaster-wielding stormtroopers. Ketsu exclaims, All this trouble for some food? During the gun battle, one of the food containers is toppled by a stray blaster bolt, revealing a small Chandra fanboy. The child cries in distress. Ketsu rescues the kid while Sabine provides covering fire. In the process, the Black Sun insignia on Ketsu's pauldron is scorched by a blaster bolt. Sabine calls for Spectre 2 to rescue them. Ketsu asks Sabine how long it will take for Hera to arrive just as the starship ghost flies into the hangar and drives the stormtroopers away with its laser cannons. The ghost drops its gangplank and the two are greeted by Chopper, who squeals a greeting. Sabine and Ketsu flee from aboard the ghost with the Chandra fanboy, leaving the stormtroopers behind. The Chandra fanboy thanks his rescuers while Hera praises the two girls for getting their job done. After Ketsu decides to join the rebellion, Sabine spray paints a red starbird on Ketsu's charred pauldron. When Ketsu praises her artwork, Sabine thanks her friend for changing her mind and welcomes her to the rebellion. Here we are again, back on Garel. I think, I think I've noticed that uh, most of the episodes that involve Rebels characters, especially Sabine, um, are taking place second season. I take that back. Now that I think about it, yeah, I take that back because we do get um, an episode of Sabine and Tristan, and then we get a couple episodes with Hera on Endor, so I completely take that back, but uh, we do get a lot um, that do take place during season two of Rebels, um, and quite a few here on Grell. Um Obviously, the last episode we just uh, went over was also on Garel with Leia. Um, so I think that they are getting into that time period just a little bit more here. And along with that, I think this episode did a great job at adding a little bit more context into Ketsu's relationship with the Ghost crew and how the timeline kind of worked out on its own um because we see Ketsu and Sabine fighting and they kind of make up right they're trying to steal that um uh, informant droid and then they kind of make up and then all of a sudden Ketsu's helping the rebellion but 
I'm sorry, I keep, my nose is stuffed up. I'm so sorry. Oh, so, but all of a sudden she's helping the rebellion and we don't know um, kind of how that evolved. And we know that she isn't ready to join the rebellion. She just previously said um, that she does not want to be a part of the rebellion during uh, one of those episodes of Rebels there. But she's hel- she's helping the rebellion here, and this takes place um, after the Forgotten Droid, which is the episode where they uh, acquire AP-5. Um, and in that episode, Ketsu was helping uh, Phoenix Squadron, Sato, and them with stealing some fuel, which was confusing because it did come after that episode with um the informant and we didn't really know what was going on there and if you didn't watch forces of destiny you didn't see any of this go down and you didn't really think about the timeline then it's extra confusing when you get um back to season four of rebels those last two episodes where ketsu's assisting uh with the ghost crew um on their liberation of Lothal, it's it's good here that we're getting that backstory of she realized, you know, that the rebellion was something that needed something, you know? She needed to be a part of it to help, um, and she did that through, you know, they were working hard, they were fighting, but they were fighting just for food. They were fighting to help people eat and I think that's something that she realized throughout this you know she wanted this big action she wanted this big fight you know to blow something up you know do something in her head that was meaningful and I think what she found out is that you know even the little things like stealing some food um to help somebody who doesn't have anything to eat is meaningful and that's a big mission in its own and so I think that was it it was just it was a great way for her character to become a little bit more important and a little bit more of a uh good character because I feel like most of the uh not most of not okay not most of the interactions we've had with her so far um she she's been positive for the most part but our first interaction with her was not um so I think any more that we can get of her kind of becoming more of of a good person and showing that is better for her character and it's better to get this point along that she did end up joining the rebellion and becoming a part of that idea so I'm really glad here for that evolution of character and she does she makes that she makes that change throughout this episode because she she complains at the very beginning that oh this is boring this is dumb whatever and then you know she made her decision based on that boring mission because there was this little boy that needed help and she helped him and that was that was just cool to see I'm I was grateful for that because uh, I think for most people, as well as me, Ketsu's kind of super background character. She's like, it's like Ketsu and Jai, like those kind of people that are off to the side. Um, 
and I guess even for if you're talking about Rebels, um, even, you know, Wedge and, like, characters that, you know, they get an episode or two where they're in it, but it's not, it's not a whole thing. But I liked seeing that there, and I think that anytime we can get more of characters that we don't see a whole ton uh, is great. Um, and anytime we can get more of characters that we do see a whole ton, it's also great. And I like that Forces of Destiny is coming in to flesh out characters that we don't always get to see uh, a whole ton of um, and get to see uh, what they're doing and what's going on with them. I had forgotten about what had happened in this episode and I forgot that Hera and Chopper were in it. Um, and so I was watching it back over in order to do this um, podcast and I got so excited when you know Sabine gets on the calm and and calms Spectre too and you know you hear Vanessa Marshall and you're like oh yay you know it's so excited and and even though last uh, week's episode was one of my favorites um, some of the episodes with Hera uh, also come pretty close and uh, so that was a good reminder to me like oh yeah we do get those we do get her I love Vanessa Marshall she's so great um so anytime I hear her Hera or I mean Hera itself I just I get happy um and so like it was like a surprise for me because I, I forgot about this episode I think the first half of season one is the half that like it came out and I was super excited about forces of destiny and I would like watch the episodes and like I watched them again even though you know they're three minutes of episodes and people were like why are you watching these I was like because they're cool um and I think like this here getting to episode nine second half of the season I don't think I was as excited um as I was during the initial release of the first half of the season um so going back and watching these episodes is a little bit different than going back and watching the other episodes um so it was a little bit more of seeing it with fresh eyes uh even though you know you're hearing me allude to future episodes because I mean there are some that I did watch over but then there are some that I didn't and that's fun to revisit um and get to look at again uh because I I always love a good reminder I always love Star Wars They're like yeah we're all excited for all friends it's everything's good I'm really I told you earlier it's early it's or late I'm really tired <laughs> um I also just like the little things that we know um are themes within rebels and kind of within star wars and and even just general thematic just general things that happen within uh movies tv shows those kind of things um sitting here laughing because you know you you hear sabine say well at least there's only two of them and right away you're like oh no what did she just do she just jinxed herself and i mean that happens constantly throughout Star Wars and it happens constantly throughout any type of you know soon as somebody says oh at least this so you know it's gonna get worse um especially if you're uh at the rising action of of a uh story um so I was I like laughing there because of course like that's gonna happen and like again with the later episodes you know they get a little bit more playful with um 
dialogue and kind of what's happening you know uh we get you know just like little things like ketsu saying oh something with a little more kick and then the door opens and she kicks a stormtrooper like that's that's funny and um you know it's not it's it's different than what we had at the very beginning of forces of destiny and i think that's you know the evolution of how things have gone along uh while forces of destiny has been uh created and kind of progressed on its way um is that they have gotten a little bit more um they've been able to take it from not only just telling a basic story but also telling a story and being comedically entertaining um so that was like that was fun and again like just there's there's things we see throughout rebels and throughout things all this trouble for some food that that made me smile because i was thinking back on some other you know things going on especially towards the beginning of rebels you know season one um we had the first the first episode was uh, the whole reason they met Ezra was because they were chasing after, uh, because Ezra stole the food, and then, you know, it was a whole thing, and they were, whatever, I don't have to explain the first episode of Rebels to you, but that was a whole thing, and then you find out, oh, it's just food, right, or, yeah, most of it's just food, and there were blasters in there and stuff, but, um, there was food and they were they were doing all that and then you know one of the other episodes was the Melu run episode like that's kind of a a theme throughout rebels it's it's you know a theme throughout the beginning of the rebellion because it wasn't just um fighting the empire head on it was getting food for people who needed it um i think it kind of giving a little bit more of well the rebellion didn't always start as just us trying to fight the empire but it it also you know was us just trying to help those who were harmed by the empire um and i think that's interesting that that even here they're able to kind of squeeze that in and let us know that um and it it's not just here it's you know throughout this time period but i think i just think it's interesting and i think it's important also that they are showing the importance there of feeding people who need it um and they're working so hard just to help other people just do things as simple as eating and drinking and having you know basic health supplies things like that um that's not i mean what happens here but it's applicable to the real world is that you know you you can it's important a lot of times to work hard in order to help somebody else. Um, and like that's, I think that's where this episode came out um, lesson wise, uh, kind of what it was trying to teach. And I think that was a good one. And I think it was uh, different than some of the other lessons that we've gotten uh, here for Forces of Destiny. You know, obviously, there all the lessons are something positive and something that's going to uh encourage people to benefit um those around them and themselves but I think this one was uh definitely different um and I liked it and uh, I don't have much to, more to talk about it 
So, thanks for listening, and as always, you can stay up to date on all the latest in Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cassie Scutch, that's C-A-S-S-I-E-S-C-U-T-C-H. And, of course, we're part of the Thunderquack Network. Head to thunderquack.com to to check out all the other podcasts in the network and if you'd like to support us you can do that in one of two ways first by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch or by heading heading to patreon.com thunderquack and pledging your support your monthly pledge gives you access to cool exclusives like the thunderquack podcast and the thunderquack group on facebook thank you guys so much for listening and we'll be back next week with tracker trouble